Uh, today we're going to talk about being led by the Holy Spirit. Is that a good subject? So we all have uh, a need to be led by the Holy Spirit. Actually, it's more than a need. Uh, the Scripture says that as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. So how do I know I'm actually saved? I'm being led by the Spirit. So if I'm not being led by the Spirit, I might not be a son of God. So it's critical to be led by the Spirit. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. Also, there's very practical applications to being led by the Spirit. God wants to lead us. He set us on earth. He's not like the deist said. The deist said, well, you know, Benjamin Franklin, those guys, God kind of winds up the universe and then just let it work itself out. He just takes a hands-off approach and whatever happens, happens. Uh, that's not the way it works. Uh, God is very intimately involved in the affairs of men and women and wants to be. So He wants to lead us somewhere. And it's very practical because He wants us to make right decisions. He cares about your child going to college. He cares about the house you want to buy. He cares about the toys. He cares about all this stuff because it gives Him glory when we seek Him. So uh, today, uh, you are going to learn how to hear from the Holy Spirit. Okay, that's what you're going to come away with. How do you actually hear and be led by the Spirit of God? That's my goal. Now I'm going to talk about uh, three main areas. Uh, one, how does the Holy Spirit lead us into holiness? Uh, how does He lead us into truth? And how does He lead us to make everyday decisions? And then once I cover those three, I'm going to talk about a few traps. There's always a trap or two out there, right? That we have to watch out and avoid. So how does the Holy Spirit lead us into holiness? That makes sense, doesn't He? He's a Spirit that He's holy. He's not the unholy Spirit. He's actually the Holy Spirit. So if the Holy Spirit is leading us, it better be into holiness. That makes sense. Um, and what is holiness? It means to be set apart for God, to do God's work. It means to be righteous. It means to be blameless. It means to be pure in His sight. It, it, it's kind of the opposite of unclean, right? So Holy Spirit is going to lead us to clean places, not garbage dumps, not slime and filth. Amen? All right. Let's take a look here. Uh, Romans 8.13 It says, For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Alright, so we want to live according to the Spirit so we can live. But we have to do something we have to put to death the deeds of the body. Okay, so really, the question is, how do we put to death the deeds of the body? The NIV translates it misdeeds of the body. In other words, my body can do things that are good and my body can do things that are bad. This is talking about the bad, evil, mean, wicked, nasty stuff that we want to think or do. And we need to put them to death. So in other words, um, maybe you go to one of these potlucks we have 
on Sunday after church, and you know there's a dessert table, right? And you walk into the room, and you spy it from the distance, and the triple chocolate cake with the quadruple chocolate icing says, eat a piece of cake, it's okay. And so you kind of look at it, and it's like, yeah, I can eat a piece of cake, no problem with that. And so you walk a little closer, and that cake is just dark, chocolate. You kind of wipe your mouth because it's embarrassing. You're drooling a little bit. And um, you walk over to the table and you take a plate and you cut a piece. First you start out small because somebody might be looking. Then you realize nobody's looking. So the piece gets bigger and bigger. You cut it, put the piece of cake on the plate. Nobody's still looking. You just kind of saunter away and you've got your piece of triple chocolate cake with quadruple chocolate icing. Well, is there anything wrong with that? Um, the only thing that could be wrong with that is if you're being driven, if it's a passion, if it's a desire, if you're lusting after the chocolate cake, you can't control yourself, give me cake or I die. Okay, that's when it's a problem, right? So we have to put to death that deed, if you will. Another, uh, another situation might be um, on the Internet, right? Uh, MySpace accounts, you already know, uh, particularly teens are big using MySpace. You already know that on certain MySpace accounts, especially for guys, that uh, girls post pictures of themselves and others uh, where they're not appropriately dressed. And so a guy already knows, and he's, he's got that desire in his heart, he's going to go to that MySpace account because he knows that's where the pictures are. And uh, teens aren't the only people doing that. Us adults have Facebook's accounts, and we know friends of ours that pay that put pictures in Facebook that aren't really appropriate to look at. And if I have that desire and if I have that passion and if I have that lust to get on the computer and go after that stuff, that's not good. That's not clean. That's, that's unholy. That's trashy. That's not where I need to be going. I need to put that deed to death. Now, the, uh, there's two ways to put it to death. One way is, remember David, remember he was on the rooftops, all the kings went off to war, he's hanging out alone. He's surveying his domain and lo and behold, he sees a woman bathing. Well, that's pretty cool. So he stands there and watch, watches Bathsheba bathing. Okay, we have a problem. Um, the, <clears throat> what he did was he engaged in his mind, he mulled it, he got into it, he got all inflamed and passionate about it and he didn't deal with it. Uh, the way he should have, and he ended up having, he sent for Bathsheba to come into the castle, and of course, uh, they did what they shouldn't have done, and God knew about it, and God rebuked him. But my whole point is this, the time to resist the temptation is not while you're watching someone naked bathing, because you will lose 99 times out of 100. The time to resist, I'll resist the temptation um, let me just check out the MySpace account. Let me see the pictures. Okay, that's not the time to resist the temptation. The time to resist is before you get into MySpace. The time to resist is before you get into Facebook. The time to resist is before you look at that woman or look at that man. In other words, the Scripture says, make no provision for the flesh. What that means is don't plan on getting into the flesh. Well, maybe I, the converse is true. Maybe I should plan on getting into the Spirit. How about that? So I know I'm going to go 
to this banquet, and I know I have a problem with sweets and sugar, so I'm going to purpose before I go to the banquet, I'm not going to eat 18 pieces of cake. Okay? I'm going to ask my wife, I'm going to pray, uh, honey, help me, I just want one small piece of cake, would you please kind of watch me and help me with this? See, now when you get into it, you've already purposed in your heart what you can do. So when the temptation comes, it's a lot easier to go and just slap it. Same with, especially with lust, especially the time to, uh, to resist lust is not when you're sitting there with your girlfriend in your mom's home and you shouldn't be there in the first place and your arms around her and you're on the couch. Oh, I think I better start to resist this temptation. I mean, you better resist that temptation. The scripture says flee. And actually what you need to do is get up, run out of the house and leave. That's what the Scripture says to do. But the time to resist that temptation is the purpose. Hey, I'm going out on a date. My mom doesn't want me to be alone in the house. Um, so we're going to go to this public place. We're going to go to this restaurant. We're going to go to this movie. And so I'm not going to put myself in that temptation. You hear what I'm saying? Okay, so put to death these deeds. In other words, purpose in advance. Hey, I'm not going to do that because I already know I'm weak. I already know if I get on the couch with her or with him, we're going to do something stupid. But what do we do? We act like animals and bunny rabbits and we do these things that are wrong. Right? Is that holy? Are we being led by the Holy Spirit? No. Okay, so how are we led by the Holy Spirit? Something's got to die. And I would say something should die in advance. We should premeditate it. How's that sound? I die daily, the Apostle Paul said. What did he die to? All these things we're talking about. You don't think he struggled with eating? You don't think he struggled with women? You don't think he struggled with pride and lust? He just crucified it. He killed himself. He killed those desires. Alright, number two. So that's a preemptive strike against the flesh. That's what I call that. Preemptive strike against the flesh. Alright, the next thing. How are we going to be led by the Holy Spirit? Well, He's going to lead us into all truth, it says in John. Right? Um, all truth. Not some truth. He's going to lead us into all the truth. So, the question is, how does the Holy Spirit lead us into all the truth? Say, well, you know, He speaks to my mind and speaks to my heart and tells me what to do. Okay. That's good. But there's there's some purposeful ways that He leads us into all truth. Uh, The first way He leads us into all truth, is He expects us to actually do something. And He guesses. Maybe read the truth ourselves, right? So how can He lead us into truth if we don't know what the truth is? You say, well, He can just speak to us and tell us what the truth is. I don't really need to read about the truth. He can just tell me. And He can. But we're going to look at this. Second uh, Timothy 3.16-17, through 17, we know that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. And it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correcting each other, for instruction in righteousness, that the man or woman of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So we need the Scriptures, don't we? If God didn't want us to have the Scriptures, we wouldn't have a Bible. I just throw this away. The Holy Spirit's going to lead me. I don't need this. Why do I need this? i got the Holy Spirit. He's going to lead me, right? Well, I don't know. Let's see. 2 Timothy 2.15 Paul says to Timothy, by the way, Timothy is 
over the, over a church. Uh, he's like a pastor. Timothy was also uh, the apostle's right hand man. So Timothy is a church leader, and Paul says to him, "Hey, you need to be diligent to do what? Present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth." So here Paul says to Timothy, hey, look, you need Scripture. You need to teach it, correct people, reprove them, instruct them, encourage them, and don't be ashamed of it. And you need to work hard and be diligent and rightly divide this thing so people understand what's going on. Why would he say all that to Timothy if we didn't need the Scripture? If we could just be led by the Spirit. I don't need the Bible. I'm led by the Spirit. Now, I was thinking of that. You know, I think there may be some answers, some other answers, God somehow condescends to use us. Um, God actually wants to partner with us. That word koinonia that we talk about, that fellowship that we have with Christ, fellowship is a partnership. And so we're actually partnering with God, and He has actually created us to work with Him. He wants us to not only work, but He wants us to work hard. Why does He want us to work hard? Why couldn't it just all be easy? I don't know. Well, we have the fall, right? And the curse and sin came into the world. So we need to overcome a few things. we got this flesh screaming at us. Eat the chocolate cake. Go to the MySpace account. We have to overcome that. What's the point of overcoming all this stuff anyway? Just so I say I did it? So I can stand in front of the church and say, hey, I overcame yesterday? No. There's got to be something more, right? Well, the, the big answer is it gives God glory. But also, everything we do in this body to overcome, put the deeds put to death these deeds of the body, read the Scriptures, study hard, work hard, minister to people, serve people, love people. You know what we're going to do? In proportion that we do it to on earth, we will do it in a new earth and a new heaven. In other words, when I die, right, my body goes in the ground, my spirit, go, soul go to be with Jesus, um, and at the resurrection at the end of the ages, I get a new body. And then what? We just dance on the streets that are golden? Well, we will do that. I mean, we'll worship and bow down to Christ. That's stunning, right? We will do that. But anything else? I mean, are we going to, for all of eternity, just do nothing but worship God? Well, I think we will worship God for all of eternity, but I think we'll have a job to do. And what you do right now determines what you'll do in heaven. He who is faithful with little will be faithful with much. God wants you to rule cities in heaven. Are they going to be cities? Yeah. The kings of the earth bring their glory and splendor into the new Jerusalem. What do kings do? They rule over something, don't they? Well, who's going to rule? I mean, and what are they going to rule? People are going to be doing something, right? So we need to, I believe, partner with God. Uh, he wants us to prove, He wants to prove our faith. He wants to see us be diligent. He wants to see us overcome. He wants to see us be more than conquerors right now. So I believe that's why He wants us to study hard. The Holy Spirit can tell us anything He wants, anytime. But primarily, the Holy Spirit is going to use our diligence to study the Scripture. I guarantee you that. Does that sound good? Alright. So what do we have? We've got, uh, we got to kill the flesh. We need to read the Scripture. And by the way, why do you think Pastor Willie, for the last 20 years of his life, has encouraged congregations to have a devotional time, meditate on the Word, 
read the Word. I mean, he sounds like a broken record. I've known him for, what, 20 years? And what's he asked us to do recently? Memorize a Scripture once a month. Are you guys doing it? Why would you do it? Just another thing to do, right? Just another religious thing I gotta do. I got so much going on in my life, and here I gotta do one more religious thing. Well, that's one way to look at it. The other way to look at it is praise God, I get to put the Word of God into me so the Holy Spirit can use it when He needs to. The person that needs to be, you know, you, what we don't realize sometimes is, um, God wants you to do certain things because there's somebody that you're going to talk to that wants to commit suicide. And that word that the Holy Spirit has been trying to get you to read and memorize, you need that to give to that person who wants to commit suicide. The woman that's just had a miscarriage needs that word from you. You say, well, Holy Spirit can just give me a word. I don't need to read the Bible. The Holy Spirit can give you a word. But He's not looking for us to make excuses. He's looking for us to be diligent and work hard. I don't know how many times um, the words I've gotten in church, the words that I've gotten from other people, I've, I've been able to minister to people and really encourage them and build them up. And today, after service, some of you should be encouraging each other and the words that you've gotten from reading the Scripture this past week, you should be building somebody up with today. That's how it works. That's what a body does. We feed each other, we nurture each other, we build each other up. So this is not some meaningless, vain exercise to memorize a Scripture a month. If I made my case. Alright. Alright, the third thing. So we got to know the Word of God. We really do. Um, how does the Spirit lead us in everyday decisions? This is probably more what people like to talk about. This is kind of fun stuff. Um, first one, the Spirit leads us through our desires. Isn't that interesting? The Holy Spirit would do that? I remember Psalm 37, not on the PowerPoint. It says this, Trust in the Lord and do good. Trust, do good. Dwell in the land and feed on His faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and He shall give you the desires of your heart. And you've heard that Scripture a million times, and it's true. But I wanted to read the Scripture that comes before. Trust in the Lord and do good, and feed on His faithfulness. Why would it say that? In other words, God is all in all. He should be our everything, right? When you make God your everything, you're excited about God, you want to do what God says, you want to be faithful, you want to serve people, you want to love people, you're singing, you're rejoicing, you're, you're loving God, you're delighting in God, then it's like a rain on dirt, a nice slow rain that slowly saturates us. The Holy Spirit saturates our minds and He puts His desires into our minds and into our spirit and into our being. And so then, it's like, hey man... I really, uh, I really think I want to go to Disneyland, or Disney World. I say what? I, I really have this desire to go to Disney World. I want to bless my family. I want to take my family to Disney World. Well, where does that come from? Could that be God? So you start praying about Disneyland or Disney World, and all of a sudden somebody says, "Hey, man, at work, do you realize I got two tickets to uh, free tickets to Disney World? Uh, you know anybody who wants to go or four free tickets?" And the next thing you know, you're on the plane going for free. Why? Because God loves to bless us. And when we delight in Him, 
He wants to bless our families. Isn't that cool? I know family did that. He had, he had eight kids. And don't you think he needed a trip to Disneyland? This is a very godly family I knew. They didn't have the money to, to buy tickets for all ten of them. But somebody gave them free tickets to all ten of them. And they went. That's the Holy Spirit. That's being led by the Holy Spirit. You're like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> that's, some, that's some great stuff. Alright, God also speaks to us in visions and in dreams. Does He do that really? Let's see, Acts 16.6. 6. Let's see what's going on here in the book of Acts. Remember, this is the, the church has started. The church is in full swing. The Apostle Paul and his band of uh, crazy zealots are out there evangelizing the whole known world. So what do they do? Now, when they were, had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the Word in Asia. I wonder how he did that. I have no idea. After they had come to Mycenae, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit wouldn't let them go there. Ever wonder how did he tell them not to go there? So passing by Mycenae, they came down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Now after... He had seen the vision. Immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the Gospel to them. That's pretty cool, isn't it? We like that part. Hey, I got this vision. I got this cool dream. God told me to do this. I'm doing it. I'm off to Macedonia. See you, Mom. See you, wife. See you, kids. I'm history. Well, not quite like that. But God speaks to us in dreams. How many times throughout the Scripture... Old Testament, he spoke a ton, a whole bunch of times through dreams and visions, didn't he? Well, here it is. New Testament church. Dreams and visions are alive and well. And that's pretty serious. That changed the direction that they went. Because they got this little dream in the night. I remember one time, uh, I was helping a friend of mine move wasn't an easy mission. Uh, we were moving to Anchorage, Alaska in December, uh, driving through Canada in December. So it was minus 40 degrees, snows all the time. You had tractor trailers go off the road and they off the mountainside. Nobody finds them to the spring, that type of a move. So we're driving across the country. We got this big 26 foot, uh, what do you call it? U-Haul towing a Mercedes. Now we got a pickup truck towing a diesel Ford Tempo. And we're caravanning in December across the country up to Alaska. So we get up into Montana. We're staying in a hotel. We watch the weather that night. The weather says um, snowstorms uh, as you go north up into Canada. And we knew that this uh, big 26-foot JH U-Haul truck had summer tires. And later, out, later on we found out it also... Uh, wasn't winterized. The antifreeze uh, wasn't good to minus 40 degrees below zero. So anyway, uh, they didn't give us a fully winterized vehicle. So we were a little concerned that night as we watched the weather. <laughs> and uh, we prayed and went to bed. Next morning we wake up. Tom uh, 
who, the man who was helping move, he said, he said, you know, John, I had a dream last night. He said, I had this dream that there was a slit in the sky and, and the sky, the clouds parted and it opened up a corridor and we're all, it was all bright and sunny and, you know, we went through Canada fine. And he said, I, and I woke up and he said, so I prayed and asked the Lord if he would make that dream come true. So I'm like, that's pretty interesting. So let's see what happens. So we get in our trucks and we're caravanning north up into Canada. And um, sure enough, as we're driving in the plains of Montana heading into Canada, uh, no lie, the sky, kind of like this, is what it looked like. Kind of like a real, like an oval. And it starts to, there's actually a split in the clouds. And it opened up into a huge corridor of sunshine and blue sky. And we're like, hey, this is pretty cool stuff. And we drove up into Canada, and it was God's encouragement that you're going to make it on this trip. Now, it snowed a lot when we, went, we, when we got into the Canadian Rockies. And when you're towing a truck through the Canadian Rockies in snow with summer treads, you're a little concerned. Um, but somehow God did it, and we made it, and it was amazing. And God gets all the glory and the honor because he decided to give his servants a dream or a vision. So God, God will do that uh, to encourage you and build you up. That was awesome. Uh, another way that God speaks to us through our everyday decisions is through uh, fasting and using spiritual gifts. And the reason I'm mentioning both of these two together is because they're in the, together in this passage. In Acts 13, 1 through 3, uh, we've got a little church meeting going on here. Uh, now in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers. Who were they? Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, uh, Lucius of Cyrene, Manaen, who had been brought up with Herod, the Tetrarch. That's interesting. Wouldn't you like to know about Manaen, whoever he was? Uh, Herod wasn't very nice. Uh, so that's pretty neat. He got converted and Saul. And as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, there's the fasted word, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I've called them to do. And that's exactly what they did. They separated, laid hands on them, sent them out with the wolves, and 2,000 years later, and several hundred millions, maybe billions of believers later, Literally, the whole planet has been turned upside down because these two guys went out and turned the known world upside down with the preaching of the gospel. That's no exaggeration. That's exactly what happened. So, that's pretty practical, isn't it? Church meeting, Holy Spirit speaks. By the way, how do you think the Holy Spirit spoke to uh, these guys? A, a voice from heaven. B, He spoke in their minds through thoughts. C, he spoke through one of the prophets. D, all of the above. E, I have no idea. <laughs> well, my guess is, I really don't know because it doesn't say, but because they mentioned prophets, my guess is somebody prophesied. Thus says the Lord. Saul, Barnabas, you guys are out of here. Preach the gospel. You're going to be persecuted. But many people, you're going to plan many churches? Go for it. This is what the Holy Spirit says. Let's do it. Get out of here. I think that's what happened. 
So, you know, we have a prophetic team, don't we? And they minister after church. What do they minister? Well, words of prophecy. Right? Now, what do we do with these um, dreams and visions? Uh, well, you yeah, have a desire to go to Africa. Always wanted to go. Love to go to Africa. My wife, well, actually, it should be the other way around. She would love to go to Africa. <laughs> well, let's say I would love to go to Africa, and she wouldn't. And neither would my family. And my pastor doesn't think I should go to Africa. It's not the right timing. But hey, man, God gives me the desires of my heart. See you guys later. I'm out of here. Come to my yard sale. I need some money. Is that being led by the Holy Spirit? No. Well, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. I'm out of here. I'm, I'm going to Africa. I don't care what you say. That's not the Holy Spirit, is it? The Holy Spirit yields. The Holy Spirit has a surrender. The Holy Spirit has a seek godly counsel. The Holy Spirit has us honor others, right? Yeah, the Holy Spirit confirms things, doesn't He? Same with uh, visions and dreams, man. Well, I had a vision. I know who my wife is. Maybe you do. Okay, well, do like, remember Mary, uh, Jesus' mother? Remember what she did when she had the revelation of the angel? It said, and she treasured these things in her heart. She didn't go blabbing it all around Galilee, what the angel told her. So when, if, if you have a dream, a vision, a prophecy, don't go blabbing it to the whole known world, because this is what you're doing. Treasure it in your heart. Pray for it. Submit it to your wife. Submit it to your husband. Submit it to the local church leadership. Have, submit it to your home group. Let people be praying for you. Let people come alongside you and walk with you. And, and let, let it be confirmed. And you may get married. You, the dream you had about the person, that may be the person you marry. I'm not saying it's not. But I've got a dream. <laughs> I have a dream. Uh, Mom, sorry we got married. Mom didn't even know you were getting married. You just went and got the justice of the peace and now you're married. Are you being led by the Holy Spirit? Didn't even tell your mom you're getting married? Didn't even tell your dad you're getting married? You're not led by the Holy Spirit. You're led by what you want to do. So it's, it's important. Um, and I'm kinda, I kind of got into the last part of my message, how to avoid the traps and the pitfalls. So I kind of transitioned without saying it. But, but there are some traps. These are the traps. The trap is, I want to do what I want to do when I want to do it. Because I'm selfish, but I'm not going to admit it to anybody. So I'll just say I'm led by the Holy Spirit, which uses it as a covering for my selfishness. Do you guys know what I'm saying? Yeah, we do that. We would never admit that we do that, or we might admit that we do that. We don't like to think that we would do that, but we do that because we have a body of flesh. And we're not perfect. We haven't arrived yet. We haven't attained yet. So we need the body. That's why you come to church. If I'm a thumb, I need this index finger right next to me to say, hey brother, do you really want to be doing that? Was it really good that you said that? Oh, wow. I didn't think about that. Thanks for telling me. Yes, my wife helps me. Sam helps me. Pastor Willie helps me. And you guys should be helping me. I mean, you guys aren't helping me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, we should do that for each other, right? So we have a few traps. Um, that's one. Really, what we're doing is we're justifying our lust under the guise of being led by the Holy Spirit. 
uh, marriages, I've heard this, you've heard this, everyone's heard this, and this is really rampant in the church, probably more than we would like to admit, unfortunately, is maybe two people got married, they weren't saved when they got married, so they get married, right? And then one or both get saved, and uh, it's very difficult, there's strife, there's envy, there's contention, there's anger, uh, this marriage is terrible, let's just say, let's pick on the guy for a minute. Uh, the guy wants out of this thing, man. He's just tired of this woman. She's just an irritating nag. He's sick of it. He's sick of family. He feels like he's boxed in. He wants to escape this thing big time. Well, in the meantime, at work on his job, he's been eating with a group of people, and there's a particular, wom- a particular woman that he's been eating with. And um, so he's you know, laughing and joking with her. And now he's he started to flirt a little bit with her, you know, draw a little bit of attention to himself. He's cool. He's the man. But everything's cool because it's all done in public. It's not like he's trying to hide anything. And uh, slowly, though, that that relationship, he becomes more and more attracted to her physically and then more attracted to her emotionally. Next thing you know, they go out together for lunch. Uh, maybe it's in different groups. And he's, he's really in his heart now. He's committed adultery with her in his heart. Okay, now, though, back in the other scene, you got this marriage. They argue, they fight, they do whatever. And uh, he wants out of this thing badly could just as easily be the woman, doesn't matter. And so um, he's, he starts to think of these thoughts, these thoughts come into his mind. Well, you know, um, it really wasn't God's will for you to get married in the first place because you guys weren't even saved. I mean, you guys weren't even Christians. It's not even God's will for you guys to be together. So that thought comes to him. Or maybe one of his carnal friends puts that thought in his mind. He's like, yeah, you know what? I, you know, we really shouldn't have gotten married. I mean, this is ridiculous. We are not compatible at all. And they're not compatible. All they're doing is fighting with each other, um, getting on each other's nerves. They're not honoring each other. So he starts to justify in his mind, you know, God, this isn't God's will. It's not God's will. God is a God of peace. God is a God of love. If there's no peace and no love in this marriage, and we weren't even married, I mean, we weren't even Christians to begin with, it's not God's will for us to be married. And then... So, you know, he says, says, you know, to the leadership of his church, you know, or his friends, you know, I don't think I'm led, I don't think I'm led to be in this relationship. You know, I really don't think, I, I think God's leading me to get out of this thing. This isn't God's will. God is leading me to get out of this thing. Now, if, if you have some godly leaders, they're going to be all over this guy in his face in a nice, gentle, loving way, of course. But in a firm way, this guy needs a serious talking to, right? That's the purpose of the body of Christ. But what's this guy doing? What's, what's the real issue that he wants out of his marriage? He's got his little honey bunny on the side that he wants to get with. So now he's looking for the excuse. I'm being led by the Spirit, brothers. No, you're not. You're being led by every cell worth of hormone in your body is what you're being led by. I mean, this is the way it is. And this is the way it is in the church. So I'm, I'm saying this because some of you need to, we need to watch out and help, help each other, don't we? Encourage each other? Yeah, we need to, we do care about each other. Um, what's the other situation? Pastor Willie's already mentioned about our jobs, right? You know, what happens if your manager starts giving you a hard time? All of a sudden, man, you know, you. Your friend comes and you said, you know what, I'm, I'm looking for another job. Well, really? How come? Yeah, well, I just feel led to move on. You know, it's not, I'm not really growing like I should. Um, you know, my boss is, is not really that great of a person. And it's just, you know, I just really feel like 
I, I feel led for a change. Well, what your friend didn't tell you is, is that, um, you know, maybe, maybe uh, you made some mistakes at work. It cost the company money, and now you're all embarrassed. You're shamed. You don't want to face these people. You, you feel kind of insecure about it. And really, it'd be easier if you get another job because you, maybe you cost the money ten thousand, twenty, cost the company tens of thousands of dollars. But see, you're you're led to leave and look for another job. Well, you're not you're not telling the full story. You're using your shame and guilt and embarrassment as an ex- you're covering that up and using being led by the Spirit to look for another job. You see what I'm saying? I'm not saying it's not God to look for other jobs. I'm talking about the deception or the traps that we need to watch out. And the same with churches. How many people lead churches while we were led to look for another place? Oh, really? How come? Well, you know, it just wasn't the best place for our family. Okay. Well, you may be led to look for another church, and that's fine. That's great. But make sure that you're not leaving because you couldn't work out something with a relationship problem with somebody. And you're using being led by the Spirit as an excuse to escape a difficult situation. You see what I'm saying? So these are the traps and pitfalls. It's so wonderful. God, give me a dream. Give me a vision. You know? And you get to tell somebody, yeah, man, the Lord spoke to me and He said this, and the Lord said this, and I'm being led by the Holy Spirit, man, and this is great. Awesome. Go for it. 100%. But realize there has to be some checks and some balances. And you know what they are? I've been talking about them. Specifically, I just uh, mentioned this as the last part. Pastor Willie has asked us to memorize the uh, harbor light principle. Why would he ask us to do that? That's just another irritating religious thing I have to do, right? Now I've got to memorize the seven priorities of life. Then I've got to memorize the seven harbor light principles. Then I've got to memorize the five purposes of the church. Then I've got to memorize what is a disciple. I, we have to. He actually tests us on that. I failed the first test. <laughs> um, Jason and uh, some of the other leaders, Elder Sam. So he tests us to make sure we know this stuff. Why would he do that? Why would he do that? Well, because if we memorize it, I have half a chance of using it. Right? So again... This, this whole thing with the Holy Spirit, this whole Holy Spirit thing, it's, it, there's a tension between me doing and God doing. Some get in the camp of, it's only the Holy Spirit, brother. I'm not a human doing. I'm a human being. Don't ask me to do anything. Okay, that's one camp. And I, I grew up in that camp as a believer, so I know that camp well. The other camp is, these are people, man, they're going to tear the world upside down and they'll run over you if you get in their way. They'll trample on you. They'll tromp you. They'll tear their family apart, man. They'll take, they'll drag their family halfway around the world doing for God. And the, their family's bleeding and ragged on the floor. Hey, man, scripture says we got to go, 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 got to go. So I would submit to you that um, it's both. It's this partnership thing again where God's like, hey guys, um, I created you. Uh, let's, let's team up on this. I want you guys to exert some physical energy and do something. And I'm going to give you the strength and the wisdom and grace to do it. So can we, can we say it's a both thing instead of saying it's not this or it's not this? 
Alright, so being led by the Holy Spirit, you're going to have to do something to be led by the Holy Spirit. But realize we can do nothing apart from Christ. So if you think you're going to do something by ignoring God, now you're deceived. You can't do anything. So now you're not being led, led by the Holy Spirit. You're being led by the unholy spirit or your own flesh. So back to the uh, harbor light principles. I've got to do something, right? The first principle, harbor light principle. Anyone remember what it is? Hmm? Yeah. Whatever we do has to line up with the Word of God. So we actually had a guy who believed that it was alright to have sex outside of marriage some years ago. He's being led by the Spirit, wasn't he? The wrong Spirit. And he justified it. He didn't know the Word of God. So if he's saying he's going to have sex with this girl, all you have to do is open the Bible. If you don't know the Word, how are you going to show him from the Word that it's not God's will? You can't show him anything. All you can tell him is don't do that. Why shouldn't I do that? Well, I don't know. It's wrong. Why is it wrong? I don't know. I don't know the Scripture because I don't read the Bible. I mean, how are you going to... You see what I'm saying? So it has to agree with Scriptures. The Holy Spirit has to bear witness with our spirits, right? Yeah. The Holy Spirit. And we've, we've talked about that. Uh, we've talked about godly counsel, haven't we? When you get an impression, a vision, a prophecy, a dream, a something, don't sell everything you have and do it. Tell somebody about it that has some spiritual wisdom and oversight for your soul and, and let them work with you through the process. Um, Pastor Willie added the last four to it, intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. If you're not following Christ, you don't have anything but yourselves. Um, be humble. If you don't have humility, you're in pride. And if you're in pride, you better look out because there's a destruction about ready to come into your life. Pride comes before a... False, so stay away from pride, man. People in pride, you always be looking up for something to fall down. <clears throat> now it's, I mean, God forgives us, doesn't He? He really does. We can confess our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's the good news. So we have um, a prayer partner we need to have. Somebody praying with us to make decisions. Our wives, our, our husbands, our family members, our uh, our home group leaders and people. Uh, submit to spiritual authority. If you're not in submission, then what are you in? You're in pride. And if you're in pride, pride comes before a destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. So that's another dead end, right? So if you can't submit to anybody, how can you submit to God? If you, can submit, if you can't submit to those who you do see, how can you then submit to God who you can't see? If I could kind of paraphrase that a little bit and you say, well, how can you do that? Well, actually, all authority is from God. Do you realize that? All authority. you realize Satan's authority is from God? That's a weird pill to swallow, but Satan has twisted and abused God's authority. So all authority is from God. Your manager, your elders, your pastor, your wife, your husband, um, whatever. And Pastor Willie has already uh, shared on those subjects. So how can I sum it up? Um, you guys excited to be led by the Holy Spirit? <clears throat> I tend to take a, a more sober view of things. I'm, <clears throat> I don't mean to always do that. It's the most exciting thing in the world when God speaks to you. 
It's the most exciting thing in the world when you've been praying for something and you've been laboring, you've been studying the Word, you've been fasting, uh, you've been waiting and waiting for months and months, and then it comes to pass and the Holy Spirit leads you into that victory. There's nothing greater than that. And actually, uh, that's what you want to do with your family. You want to teach your family how to be led by the Holy Spirit because there's nothing like it. Absolutely nothing like it. So we, we saw today that we need to be holy because God is holy. We need to put to death our desires before we get in the situation and we're stuck. So it's a preemptive strike. You, you already know your weaknesses. You already know your weaknesses. We need to be led into all the truth. Uh, we really do need to memorize these Scriptures that Pastor Willie is asking us to do. One a month is, is not a big burden. We really do need to have a daily devotional with the Lord. We're just, man, we're just diving into the Scripture, just tearing it apart, ripping it up, chomping on it, excited about it, encouraged about it. Don't we? Yeah. That's fun. I mean, I, I, used, I was crazy. Everywhere I went, I was talking to somebody about the Scripture. I mean, it was a blast. On airplanes, I was going to my neighbor's house, knocking on doors. In Walmart. I mean, you ever walk down the street holding your hands up just praising God or, or walk through a parking lot praising God? Did you ever do anything? Did you ever see somebody with those, uh, what do you call those things, um, earbuds and the uh, <clears throat> MP3s, iPods? They go walking down the street just singing trash. And they're not ashamed of it. But man, I'm going to be led by the Spirit. I'm going to walk down the street singing some good stuff. I'm going to be singing new songs. Joyful songs. Do you ever do that? It's really, it's really liberating. Actually, don't do it because you want to get in the flesh. Do it because God is so good and so awesome. You can't help but praise Him. Everyday life, God wants to speak to us. Situations, circumstances. Uh, just be on the lookout. God, what are you saying? As you spend time that morning in prayer and in praise and in thanksgiving, God, would you speak to me? And through the day, what's my wife saying to me? What are the circumstances? God, how are you leading me? Just pay attention through your day and the Holy Spirit will speak to you. And He'll lead you into the desires of your heart. He really will. He wants to bless you. He wants to bless your family. Encourage you and strengthen you. And last, don't fall into those pitfalls. Don't be deceived. It's better to say, look, John, you know, honestly, I hate my job. I hate my boss. He irritates me. He frustrates me. And I'm not doing that great of a job. That's, that's frustrating to me. I need some help. Would you pray for me? Or, John, you know, really, I'm really struggling with this MySpace stuff. This stuff is killing me. It's eating me up. How, what do I do? Would you help me? That's what God is looking for. That's being led by the Holy Spirit. Because now you're being honest. You're, being, you're confessing. You're false to one another. So I can pray for one another so that you may be healed and we can get some help and some counsel for you. So God is good. He's going he's gonna to place you in a body so you can get the help that you need. <clears throat> I'd like to have the prayer team come up. Um, you know, one of the jobs of the Holy Spirit is to convict us of sin and unrighteousness, right? And I want to give you an opportunity because if you 
If God has convicted you on anything this morning, it would be good to confess it to Him and just be assured of the forgiveness that you have in Christ. And those of you that have been walking in the victory of it, um, you know, praise God. Keep, keep pressing. Keep pressing. Don't give up. Don't give up. Um, if anybody has uh, never accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior, this message, you wouldn't understand anything about it, um, really, because you don't have the mind of God. So if, if you've never received Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you've never been a son of God, you don't know how to be led by the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit doesn't live in you. Uh, the good news, of course, is you can receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, confess your sin to Him, and follow Jesus for the rest of your lives, and you'll be led by the Holy Spirit. It's the most exciting, wonderful thing you could ever do. If you would like to do that, no, if you have never done that, just, just raise your hand so I can see you. Anyone never received Christ, you want to be led by the Holy Spirit for the first time ever. Okay.